HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at hearstranch.com. Hardcore is a new series from Heritage Radio Network. Over six episodes, we're taking a close look at the rebirth of American cider. Really, it wasn't until about 10 years ago that cider started to be revitalized in the United States. From the science of fermentation. So yeast, it's a fungus, it's a unicellular fungus. To the magic of terroir. What really excites us is thinking about communicating that very sort of spiritual aspect of knowing a piece of land. We're setting aside our cider donuts to gain a deeper understanding of this singular beverage. I love a cider donut. You don't have to have a cider donut with your cider, and I will die on that point. Subscribe to Hardcore wherever you listen to podcasts. This is What Doesn't Kill You, Food Industry Insights. I'm your host, Katie Kiefer. Today, we're going to talk about workers in the dairy industry. I have two wonderful guests with me in the studio. Uh, Rebecca Fuentes, who is the lead organizer for the Workers' Center of Central New York, uh, and her colleague, Crispin Hernandez, uh, who is also an organizer with the Workers' Center of Central New York. These folks work in the dairy industry primarily, right? Or do you work with other agricultural industries? I didn't even ask you that before we started. Que si trabajamos con otros trabajadores, no nada más con los de lecherías. Sí, Correcto. Correcto. Yeah, we work with many other workers. And our organization is called the Workers' Center of Central New York. And it includes any low-wage workers, which could be farm workers, it could be urban workers, uh, anyone. But our job has been focused Crispin and, and myself, yeah. on dairy farm workers. Okay. And it's part of, so it's kind of like a, a campaign that we sure. have to participate in. Okay. So, Crispin, you have a really interesting story. You are from Mexico. Tú tienes una historia muy interesante. Tú eres de México. You came to the United States. Y veniste a los Estados Unidos. You found your way to New York State. Encontraste tu manera de llegar al estado de Nueva York. And you worked at a large farm called the Marks Farm. Where is that located? En una lechería que se llama Mark Farm. ¿Dónde está? ¿Dónde está? ¿Dónde está? El rancho se queda en queda en el norte de 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 Albany. De centro centro de Nueva de Nueva York. 
the north of uh, central New York. So, so north of Albany, even higher, even farther north than that? We'll say north... Uh, West. Northwest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll, um, I don't know what county that is, but is it uh, is Lewis County? Lewis County. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Mm-hmm. And Mark's farm is a really big farm. That's es a una rancho muy grande. See, so Así I, es. like yes. ten thousand cows. Como diez mil vacas. Ay, más o menos, sí. More or less ten thousand yeah. cows. Mm-hmm. Ten thousand dairy a little cows. Bit less. Yeah. yeah. And what did you do? Iglesias. What was your trabajo? Lo que sí es a uh, Ordeñaba las vacas a seis días a la semana, doce horas diarias, y eso es lo que hacía. Milk the cows six days a week. Six days a week. Twelve hour days. Twelve hour days. Mm -hmm. Do you mind if I ask what the wage was? Si eh, te preocupas si te pregunto cuánto te pagaban. No, está bien. Está bien. So how much? ¿Cuánto? (laughs) Cuando entré en 2012, me pagaron eh, lo que es el... Salario federal que es siete veinticinco. Uh, federal minimum federal wage. wage. In 2012, it was, which was seven twenty-five. Seven twenty-five. Mm-hmm. So, and, and how long did you work at the farm? ¿Y cuánto tiempo trabajaste en el rancho? Trabajé como tres años. Three Around years. Three years yeah. And and you're no longer working at the farm. You became an organizer. What happened? You had an ya, accident. Ya no trabajas en el rancho. Te convertiste en un organizador. ¿Qué pasó? Tuviste un accidente. Después de mi accidente que me pasó en el 2012, yo seguí trabajando mm-hmm. en el rancho. After an accident that I had in 2012, I kept working at the farm. Were you injured by a cow or by machinery? ¿Cómo te lastimaste? Uh, me lastimé porque una, yo estaba en la parla aprendiendo a ordeñar las vacas. I was at the parlor learning to milk the cows. Okay. Es mi primera vez ordeñar las vacas. The first, first time, time with the yeah. cattle. Mm-hmm. Y como mencioné, pues, uh, el otro trabajador que estaba conmigo me estaba enseñando, pero lo, los patrones no, no pusieron una persona especial que me diera un, un entrenamiento perfecto. The other worker who was there, a co-worker, he's the one who was training me, but there was no one that just specifically for training uh, or the employer training me. So you had no, essentially what you're saying is you didn't have any real formal training in how to hook the cow's udder to the to the máquina, so, uh, how to but, handle the cow. Básicamente no te dieron un entrenamiento así profesional de que cómo, cómo utilizar las máquinas y eso. ¿Y qué te pasó? Sí, por falta de entrenamiento, pero lo, lo, que, lo que me pasó es de que Yo estaba echando spray o yodo. So what, I, what happened, yeah, it was and lack of training, but what I was doing is I was uh, spraying the udders of the cow with uh, iodine. Right, with disinfectant. Uh, yep. Lo que es la, las tetas de las vacas. You know, the, the udder yep. of the cow. Pero right. por accidente venía una vaca y como que, como que ella como... Como brincó y yo no, yo no alcancé como quitar la mano. So in this, uh, what happened is there was another cow that was... Uh, coming in and it, it just kind of like jumped in, in my hand uh, on my hand. Oh, she jumped on your hand and your hand was on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your hand was crushed mm-hmm. by the foot of the cow. Yes. Para, para la, yeah. Yeah. Sí. yeah. Wow. And did you have to have surgery? Tuviste que tener cirugía o qué pasó? 
No, después de eso yo seguí trabajando, pero uh, yo busqué la manera, fui al hospital y, y atendieron mi mano, pero yo fui por mi, por mi cuenta. Los patrones no. So later on, I kept working, but eventually I went to, to the hospital. I had to go because... Because uh, you were was, yeah, broken, but, so you had broken the, a bone. Yeah, but the employer did not... Um, te, te, ¿Tú crees que te quebraste un hueso o qué fue lo que pasó? Mm. Estaba sangrando muchísimo, me lastimé, me lastimé bien feo. Oh, y my. It was a very hard, I mean, ¿aquí tienes? Mm -hmm. ¿Esto es? Cicatrice. Yeah. Uh -huh. Me lastimé mucho, estaba sangrando mucho y me tardó varios meses que it se recupere. To, to que, pero Jeez. así seguía But yo trabajando. So, of course, it didn't get better because you had to keep working. Por supuesto, no, no se mejoraba rápidamente porque tenías que seguir trabajando. Sí, y fue en el, fue en el invierno, incluso cuando, in the in the winter, cuando yeah. iba yo a lavar los bebederos donde toman las vacas. So, I remember when I would go and clean the, the, the containers where, where the cows drink water. Oh, yeah. Pero mm -hmm. uh, al momento de meter mi mano a, a lavar esos a, donde toman las vacas, a, por ejemplo, que mi mano lo tenía como lastimado y... Y con el frío sentía yo como un dolor muy, muy so, fuerte. So when I had to clean those things and, and I had to, you know, do that work, um, it was very cold the, and it was in the winter. And so it was very, my hand was very uh, hurt. Sounds terrible. So, um, yeah, like serious. And I can see the scars on your hand. So, so you, so then eventually you brought a lawsuit against yeah. Mark Farms because yeah, the patron was not going to offer you medical so eventualmente care. tú trajiste una demanda contra los los dueños porque no te dieron uh, porque no te atendieron no no es por eso no is that not what happened <laughs> no there's more story uh, uh, to that there's more des, después de eso lo que como le digo la situación que, que vi de Genaro lo que me lo que lo yo que me pasó que no estaba en la you were not mm -hmm. on the talk right no because I was in okay, here so don't, don't, no no asumas que ella estuvo escuchando todo yeah no lo no escucho so. mm -hmm. oh, okay yeah entonces tenemos que explicarle okay uh, <laughs> lo que pasó aquí es de que uh, yo veía tantas injusticias en el rancho a uh, los más mal maltrato de los patrones por ejemplo que no me llevaron a uh, por ejemplo a uh, Después de los años que vivía, yo veía que eso era muy injusto. Y como en 2015, uh, el manager atacó a uno de mis compañeros. Okay, stop. And so what happened is other things. So I saw a lot of injustices. And I remember, in, for example, in 2015, one of my coworkers was um, assaulted, physically assaulted by one of the supervisors. Ajá. Ajá, y sabiendo que... Tenemos derecho, eso para mí no me gustó y por eso pedí la ayuda de Centro de Trabajadores y Centro de Justicia y otras organizaciones que, que apoyen esa injusticia. Knowing that, you know, we have rights and I wanted to do something, I got in touch and I asked for support from the Worker Center and another organization, Worker Justice Center, to do something. How, let, me, let me ask you, how many people, how many workers, how many Mexicans or, or non you know, um, immigrant workers are there on this farm? And are there other workers besides 
guys like you from Mexico or, or Guatemala or, you know, Central America. Déjame preguntarte, más o menos, ¿cuántos trabajadores hay en este rancho o, o de Guatemala o de México o de otras partes? La mayoría de los trabajadores uh, hay como 60, pero la mayoría son de Centroamérica y, y por ejemplo, los trabajadores inmigrantes hacen el trabajo más, más pesado en el rancho. So there are about 60 Latino workers and they do the most, the, the hardest job. They do the hardest pero, jobs. But there are other American workers too. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. But they usually total. do the other jobs like you know, working with the machinery, um, other other kinds of jobs. But the, what, I, what we will consider very physically demanding, working with the, with the cows, you yeah. know, um, is by the Latino workers. So, right. And so, and Latino workers probably, I'm, I'm making an assumption, but um, am, am I to understand that basically Latino workers were kept in those lowest paying jobs or the lowest, the hardest jobs. Meanwhile, American workers were allowed to advance. Or was it more fair than that or not fair? Sí, los trabajadores a... Nosotros los trabajadores inmigrantes a, recibíamos a menos salario, pero hacíamos el trabajo más, más pesado a, en el rancho y más importante, por ejemplo, la producción de la leche. Yeah, I think the, we, we do the, the most, most the work, hardest the jobs hardest job, for the least amount pay. of money. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right, okay, that's good. And that's the most important work, uh, the production. It is, I mean, without I you know. guys, obviously you're not going to be milking si any cows. So you were aware that there are protections for you, but those protections were obviously not being offered Pero by the company. Protecciones no eran ofrecidas por la compañía. Right, because you were not given ¿verdad? adequate medical treatment. No you saw you saw worker abuse. I'm sorry about the lights abusados. in here. I don't know yeah. what that is. Um, we'll just continue in the darkness. <laughs> Fortunately, I can see my questions. Um, so, so, so there were. So you were aware that there were that there were protections, and so you went to the center for for. Um, for the Worker Center for Central New York. Sí, and then, so tell me about the, the class action or the lawsuit that la, you guys brought. Sobre, sobre la demanda, eso salió el trabajo de, como yo, mi experiencia como trabajador y como, como organizaciones a, por ejemplo, Centro de Trabajadores, fue el trabajo colectivo que hicimos organizar adentro del rancho, uh -huh. formar so, un comité. So what stem, uh, what came, what gave the lawsuit uh, was uh, came from um, working inside of the farm, trying to form a committee of workers with the worker center of Central New York. So that was that was the basis of it. Uh huh. So you guys got together. You mm -hmm. created this lawsuit. The cent worker center of New York helped you bring that suit. Well, it is the suit, the lawsuit is based on organizing work. So the lawsuit was not like we're just going to go there and have a lawsuit. No, it came out of an effort to organize. Oh, I outside. see. You were trying to unionize. Yeah, well, um, simply to have to be to have workers talk to each other and form a committee, not even a union. Wow. So basically, 
eh, that, that came, that, that was at the, at, at the base, so I, I can, voy a hacer un poquito de cómo, so Crispin is now, at this point, this is in around 2014 or 2013, we, our work as the, the worker center is to educate workers about their rights. Right. And to help them to um, learn to organize, but some of them already know how to organize. You come together and you, you know, create, uh, learn and educate yourself, and then you can collectively do something about the issues. Usually, when you're one person in a workplace, employers get rid of you. And right, that happens that everywhere. Happen. You know, Especially, that happens everywhere. Are you guys? Are you documented workers? Do you have green card or Most are you? Most of the workers in this uh, workforce are undocumented. So that, right. that's another uh, very important. Uh, um, you know, barrier to... Of course. To, I mean, I anything. think this is why we don't have immigration reform. This is my mm -hmm. particular belief. We don't have immigration reform or a fair immigration policy in this country because companies like this mm -hmm. and the meat industry and the field workers, they don't want you guys to organize because of they course. don't want to pay mm -hmm. the money. They don't so want to yeah, pay for insurance. They don't want to pay for, you know, right. benefits of any kind. So, so you know... So one side they say that you shouldn't come because you should do it the right way and the other way is like, hey, come and yeah, right you sh we need you um but yeah so we so crispin at this point we do outreach we go and talk to workers that's how we met crispin and other workers and then learning through these trainings that we were doing around health and safety that's what worker centers do worker centers are kind of like uh, in many many places and they are they are all most of them independent we belong some of us to some uh uh, you know, coalition, stuff like that, but most of them are kind of a response to, you know, people needing support in the workplaces, especially immigrant workers. Yeah. Um, so our center goes out there and does education. You know, we, we go directly to the house where they live, which is usually at the farm. Yes. So they are they are like in barracks, right? Um, like in you know, in this place, dormitories, in, in dormitorios. It's um, trailers. Ah. Or sometimes the, the owners have bought houses around and they provide housing. If they didn't provide housing, they probably wouldn't have workers. Right. Because the local uh, people do not go to work there. And the farm workers who come from Latin America are not from that community. They might not have transportation. There's a, and so they need the housing. So the housing is good for the employers, uh, mostly. I will say, you know, mm -hmm. they take a, they, now they have a workforce that is right there, always available, and, and that's that. And do they give that housing to you for free, or Les do you have to pay rent? gratis o pagan renta? Eso lo, las casas logramos que se mejoró en el 2013, pero. en general. En general, sí le cobran como 18.95 a la semana. So there's, uh, in general, in that particular farm, they used to not charge rent, right. but eventually uh, through some organizing and some advocacy, the housing got better and the employer started charging, but they can only charge up to certain amount according to the Department of Labor. Uh -huh. There are some violations on that in other farms, but in this particular farm, they charge eighteen ninety-five a week because they only get one room and they share the house. But in right. general, employers... Um, have the, the possibility to charge. Uh, many of them do not because, um, you know, the housings are, are not very good. <laughs> and also, 
uh, it's kind of a, a source of, um, you know, workers will go where they they're not charged, and also sure, and and but but they are able. Some of them charge, and some of them don't. In this particular, they do now. But what I was uh, also you know talking more about. We meet with these workers. Crispin is one of the worker leaders trying to form this committee because, aside from the the issue of um, not getting you know medical attention or or support from the employers, um, also there had been an incident where a farm, a farm worker had been you know violently fired, and so those things are up. And now we have a presence in that in that farm. We're talking to workers. They know us. Um, but Crispin wanted to do more. You know, I think he, we have been talking about this, you know, what is your motivation around this, this work, you know, because nobody, not everyone wants to take step further, further to do something. Um, well, you're never going to get hired by a dairy farm again, and Not right? anymore. <laughs> but, uh, but that's what he, what I think he came to the United States uh, from, from Mexico very already impacted by the reality of of the dairies because when he was in Oaxaca in his state of Oaxaca in 2012, a 17-year-old um, uh, from the United States, from upstate New York, the body of a young worker named Genaro, who was 20 years old, from his same community, was coming back. Oh yeah, yeah. And so he had died at a, at a dairy. Yeah. So this was seen by his family, by his community, and of course it, it had a, a very deep impact in him. Um, and he talks and he just talked here about how that made him feel and how his family didn't want him to come yeah. after seeing that, of course. But he saw the necessity and the and to support his family and himself. Sure. So he comes, so he has that now. He's seen what are the consequences, and then he goes through that, um, that experience of, Having been to an accident, and then, but then realizing that it can, it can be worse. You know, you can die here. Yeah. And so, and that, and he's seen it. Yeah. You know, and so I think, um, Crispin got in touch with us also to ask us about that worker. He wanted to know if we knew him, if yeah. we, or if we have been at the farm where he died. And we actually, at that point in 2013, when he gets in touch with us. We have been investigating about the dairy farms, health and safety, and the fatalities. And we've been, and so when he tells us that, um, I'm, I'm thinking, well, we've been looking for this young man. Where is he from? You know, to talk to his family, to see what sure. happened to them. So we made that connection, and we were able to, to talk to the family of Genaro. And then Crispin even was able to, to get us a picture of that young man. And then we went to the farm. And eventually, I think he went to that farm uh, and, and talked to other workers who knew him and kind of to get the story of what, how he died. You know, and Genaro was at that farm, and he had been there for some time, and then new workers came in, and he wanted to show them how, you know, what to expect working there. And he goes and, and showed them a... Um, a skister is called. It's like a little mini tractor. Sure. And a then, skid steer. Yes, yes. Skid steer. I'm familiar. And then the new workers get on it, and they are, and 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 then they didn't know how to use it. And so they the ran over him. They crashed him. Yeah. They. Oh, it was. It was. It was a horrible accident. Yeah, really horrible. Yeah. And then, so he 
this is that this is this is how we connect and we're very concerned about you know the conditions and so here we have somebody who who already seen that and 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 he was very young but but he started to get involved more and more and right. other workers too and we created a um a group of workers that actually helped help to to bring these issues to OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration yes. locally. We had um, a delegation of workers talking to the local OSHA to tell them, hey, these accidents are happening, these fatalities, and this is what we want. So to get to that, we had to educate workers, we had to them also educate us because I never work you don't know what's dairy. going on no, there. I never yeah. work at a dairy as an organizer. I need um and of course I I I don't know anything. They are teaching me and we are teaching them that hey we there's something that we can do. We can change this this story. And then we met other another worker at that some farm who in a span of two weeks had three accidents. And and he was he had worked at a rest at restaurants and he said, you know what, I'm gonna go back to work at restaurants because here I feel like I'm gonna die. My life is worth more than minimum wage. And um and so this worker also helped us to create a video talking about his experience. Right. And then he was part of uh, this delegation of workers who went to Ocha and said, you know, I have worked in small farm, medium farm, large farm, and here are the scars of the things that have happened to me. And then we asked them to do uh, to in to start a local emphasis programs on dairies, which is about sort of price inspections in areas or industries where have high fatalities or had high problems with uh, high accident accidents. rates. Yeah, and we actually they did it. They started it, um, and because. This was different. In the past, we have come with stories about problems at the farms, but not it's not the same if we as advocates, as organizers, talk about it than when a worker that experienced and can show you, you know, this is my story and this is what happened to me. And, um, and this was different. This was workers taking leadership, telling their own stories, and that had an impact. And so we were doing that, and, and we continue. And so... Crispin eventually joins this this group of workers, yeah. and we start. So now we have the local emphasis program, but then the industry starts to fight back, you know, uh, against us, and they try to get the politicians involved, and they got the politicians involved, and then we had our local congressmen, seven of them. Um, writing a letter to saying to OSHA, do not do this, you know, the farmers, they care about their workers and they don't need this. And, you know, we don't want regulations, you know, they know what they're doing. But what they didn't count on is that this didn't come out of the blue, you know, this right. was an effort, a grassroots effort. So we started to have meetings with the politicians and, you know, some of them, we could expect of them to have that that um, that position because they were conservative and anti-regulation and they didn't care. Yeah. And in their community, they represent the interests of the farmers because those are the ones who vote. They don't care and about who the pay people their, who don't vote. pay for their campaigns. Yes. Yeah. And so, but we also there was a um, one of them who was a Democrat from uh, from the from an urban area in, in Syracuse, and we went and talked to him, and. Um, we knew that it was going to be very difficult. We were, 
uh, going that route, but it was important to to get the politicians, educate them, and also tell the community, hey, this is they're representing you, and they should represent also the interest of workers in right. general, right? Because right. these are workers. Whether <clears throat> you you think that they are immigrants or whatever, they they um, you know we all do better if the people are, you know who has the hardest conditions. If we raise the bar, you know we all. Uh, are going to do better. And also, it cannot be that in, in New York, where we are the sometimes the third or the fourth state with the biggest production of milk, that that this is how our milk is being produced. So right. we started to talk about, you know, that we want justice-fortified milk, for example, or that milk is contaminated with the blood of the workers. And that was a symbolic book, you know. But, but yeah, we started <laughs> to tell them and we started to bring them, yeah. you know. And we even to Mar Farm, we, pray, we um, at some point when, when Crispin starts being more involved and he sees that, hey, I need, we need to do something in here at the farm. We, at this point, we're doing it outside, right? The local emphasis program, um, you know, speaking up outside. And then, but we got to do something inside. So when they, they started at the farm, recognizing that he was part of this group, and they started to retaliate against him. Yeah. And the work that we did together was um, to support him in that time because it's very difficult to be at a workplace. Also, you live there, and then the employers and the supervisors and everybody's against you. So what do you do? Usually you're going to quit yeah. because you don't want to go through that stress, you know. But if here we have the mindset of organizing and then changing things, you got to you gotta resist. You got to so that we can continue the work because once you're, you leave and, and also create leadership with other workers. So that's how we get to around August of 2014 when we had a meeting with about five workers, it was a small group, inside of the trailer where they, where they live. And I was invited to, to talk to them and, and tell them, you know, what is the idea? Um, Crispin was telling them about the idea, but we were saying, hey, we're an organization and we want to support you. Right. You know, because, you know, we believe also you shouldn't, there shouldn't be violence here with the supervisor. There shouldn't be, uh, you know, problems in the with the housing or how you're treated and all this. And they liked the idea, and we were on, having a nice meeting when we get a knock on the door, and it's the son of the employer. And he basically told me, you need to leave right now. Yeah. And uh, this <coughs> is around 7 p.m. And, and I said, you know, I had talked to the workers before. Be aware that... There might be some retaliation. We might get some, but we are ready here. You, I have your permission to be here, and you have the right to receive visitors, even though this is the property of the employer. So we had that understanding. We had that preparation. So when the employer comes over, you know, we had worked over a little bit the fear. And so I said, I'm not leaving. I have their permission, and they were, the workers were supporting me. Yeah. And so the, the, the son of the owner said, you know what? I'm not going to discuss this more with you. I'm going to call the police. To okay, get you let's out. stop right there. We have to take a short break, mm -hmm. and we'll be right back with Rebecca Fuentes and Crispin Hernandez from the Worker Center of Central New York. Stay tuned for the rest of this story. We'll be right back.
Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. The Hearst family has been raising cattle on the rich, sustainable native grasslands of California's Central Coast for over 150 years. Piedra Blanca Rancho in San Simeon is the original Hearst Ranch, founded by George Hearst in 1865. George's son was the famous publisher, William Randolph Hearst. In addition to being known for building the iconic Hearst Castle, William was, like his father before him, an avid rancher. In his words, I would rather spend a month at the ranch than any place in the world. Thanks to one of the largest land conservation easements in California history, a joint effort with the California Rangeland Trust, the American Land Conservancy, and the state of California, the working landscape at Hearst Ranch will be preserved forever. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at HearstRanch.com. So, so the guy comes in, he says, I'm going to call the police, you have to leave, and what did you do? So at this point, it, it was about 30 minutes that we were just, you know, continue with our meeting, but still having some fear that he was going to call the police, and the police, calling the police on immigrant workers, uh, you know, irregardless of their status, it, it's... Um, it's, it's bad, you know, it's, a, it's something that um, can put, from the thinking about the employers, it's like, hey, you're putting your workforce at risk. You know, you can Absolutely. lose five workers right now. Yeah. And and also for the workers, it's like, well, I can I can not only get in trouble, but maybe even be deported, you yeah. know, if I don't have a status. But the, but we were, um, we were a team there, you know, and we were like, we're going to help each other. And I knew that, there was some backing by the by by the law that they can receive visitors, no? Yeah. And so we had a, a booklet with uh, from the Department of Labor that said that workers have the right to receive visitors. Um, it's kind of iffy, but you know, it's not. Sometimes it's very vile. It's violated all the time, but isn't what you do with it. It's just that you use it as a tool. Yeah. You know, I'm not. I know that. Um, uh, this is what I'm going to tell the, the police, you know, and, and now they're going to have to struggle with it. I mean, they right, know that right. I know, so we're going to see where. And so we were preparing ourselves, and um, we were very positive. Um, and so the, the the police actually shows up, and not only the local police, it's the state police. Yikes. So you have the state troopers and the, and the local sheriff. Right. And... Um, Totally waste of resources, you know. Ridiculous, but, yeah. But it's totally part of the intimidation. And were you removed? So what they do is they, they said, you know, that they were concerned about safety. I don't know of who. But then they, they separated us. Um, so the implication was that I was doing there something illegal. <laughs> and, uh, and they were going to find out what. And the employer was very worried about his workers because maybe I just, you know, stormed because in. Because maybe what, you were going to uh-huh. steal their money? Yes. <laughs> they were, there were some insinuations that I was kind of like a, you That know, you were going to exploit yes, your fellow. Yes, in many fellow, different ways. Yeah, you know? Right, right, right. And um, so they, the questions that were asking me, and they separated us, is like, how long, how often do you come here? You know, yeah. what do you do? Do you go to other houses? You know, and, and then I told the police and, you know, officer, I said, you know what the employer is doing here, you know. I'm sure you also, you might belong to a union, and you know what employers do sometimes when sure. you try to organize. said, you are being being used willingly for this, 
and um, and and then the workers were also questioned if they had my if if I had their permission to be there, and they just couldn't do anything, you know, and yeah. and there was, but still at the end of the interrogation, the the one of the police officers tell me, so what? Are you gonna stay or you're gonna leave? You know, basically testing if their intimidation is working. Right. You know, and I felt very strongly that I needed to stay. Yeah. The workers, uh, so that the workers can have also the feeling of. Uh, I they had my back, I had theirs, and then we had sure. succeeded in this effort. Right. You know, and so, so we we stay, we finish our meeting. Yeah, but a week later we have another meeting, uh, and only Crispin and another worker showed up because the intimidation worked on the other workers. Right. Eventually, they don't want to get in more trouble. So we are defining here who are the who is the leaders here and it was uh, Crispin was, was very important and, the other guy. and he was um, and yeah and Saul and so we have the meeting and then the next day both of them get fired yeah and so that's that's how it usually that's happens. how it works so Always. now what what needs to change like how mm-hmm. how can you affect change where guys like Crispin so and como, his colleagues Mm-hmm. Are are protected from this, these tactics? Do you need to have a union? Mm-hmm. I mean, what mm-hmm. what's the answer here? ¿Cuál es la respuesta? Organizar. ¿Qué pienso? Pues ahorita lo que hemos hecho es el trabajo colectivo, por eso se ganó, por ejemplo, el caso legal, pero también a recientemente a, pasó también a las leyes justas para nosotros los trabajadores agrícolas y ahorita ya es ley. So, so working collectively, and for example, we won the lawsuit, and then now we have the the. And the a, a sorry, but what is the, the lawsuit gave you what? What did the lawsuit win so for you exactly? La, 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 you got la demanda. You got to organize as a group and demand a better contract, or what? What happened? Que ganamos con la demanda. Sí, que los trabajadores pueden a. Uh, Organize, uh, organizar y negociar sí. colectivamente con el con los yeah. patrones. So you could negotiate so as want, a group. Yeah, okay. so we want collective bargaining and the right to belong to a union right. because of that lawsuit. And the lawsuit came from that that we just described. Right. So once once he gets fired, then usually the story ends there, right? Yeah. So usually you got fired, but because we're organizing and because we have um, as a very small nonprofit organization, but we've been you know, partnering with other organizations and also with the community. We had their back and they, they were not just left in the dust, you know, we just, we supporting them and then they, they got more involved and then we did a big, big rally at the farm. We presented a thousand signatures with a petition where we were saying, the workers, all the workers should have the right to receive visitors. They have the, if they might not have the right, the law, to form unions or to collectively bargain or whatever, they have the freedom of association. They yeah. have the human right to receive visitors and to organize. And, and so that was the framing, you know. Um, and so we, we did that and still uh, the injustice was still there. So we, we now also involve who's buying the milk you know, the cooperative, Dairy Farms of America. We go to Dairy Farms of America. We also, right. we go over there, we present them with a letter, we requested a meeting, so we confront them. You know, you are, you, one of your member 
Farms is doing this. And what are you going to do about it? You have a code of conduct for suppliers that says that these things should not happen. Right. So what are you doing? And then uh, they send us a nice letter saying that they value, you know, these things and that, and they just totally make it uh, totally dismissed it. So they know? blew you off. Right. They basically so said, we're saying, very okay, nice, well, who's bye-bye. next? Who's next? <laughs> and then we also, at that point, we published a report, and it's called the Milked uh, Dairy Farm Workers in Upstate New York, and it's on, the people can read it on milkedny.org. And it's M-I-L-K-E-D. Right. And it's based on 88 interviews of dairy farm workers. Cool. And so that, you know, we present that report. And uh, and a lot of people start getting educated about it. And we ask people to to also go a step further and talk to Chobani. Because Chobani gets, um, gets milk from, yeah. from dairy farms. So I'm like, I'm on others. But we're saying, hey, we need to go, to, who's making the most money here? And who's making the most right. Um, and so when you see the pie, you know, it's usually the, the processor. So we go, right. we start having meetings with Giovanni, educating them about what is happening. And then we also get the backing of the NY, NYCLU. And they become our, they represent us in this lawsuit. Because in New York, we have the Constitution of New York does not exclude farm workers. The exclusion of farm workers from the right to organize, collectively bargain, overtime pay, and day off is a federal exclusion. Ah. So it is not, but each state can do better. Can do what they uh-huh. want. They so in New York, the Constitution laws. of New York is not, uh, does not exclude them, but there's a law. There was a law in New York that did exclude them. Right. And so... We said our lawsuit was based on there is that that shouldn't be. The Constitution is very clear. So, so our lawsuit was uh, filed in May 10 of 2016. Uh-huh. We went to the Albany, and it was against the state of New York and the governor. And and it, immediately after we filed the lawsuit, the governor and the attorney general said, "Hey, we support you." We're on your side. We're not going to fight you. Right. So basically, we're like, hey, we won. But the industry being what it is and having um, a lot of uh, resources and power, they intervene in our lawsuit. So the, the, the Farm Bureau of New York yeah. spent thousands, even millions of dollars in, you know, in their legal teams and everything to fight our lawsuit. Right. So... And the plaintiff was Crispin Hernandez, the Worker Central Center in New York, and the Worker Justice Center. So they, they intervened in a lawsuit, and it took about two years. The first time um, it was dismissed, I think it was, uh, I don't know what they call it, but we, we fought, we appealed. You, right. Uh-huh. And in May 25th, uh, it was ruled in our favor. That Amazing. In New York, Workers, so that took workers. like three years. Yes, wow. but while that is happening, we are also organizing. We organize around uh, driver licenses for immigrants in sure. New York, and that was uh, a good way to get more workers. They might feel sometimes that fighting the boss or or doing organizing around the workplace issues uh, put them at risk or is uh, yeah. you know, but uh, organizing. Uh, around having a driver license, it's it's a little bit different, and so because it's about hey, I I, I really want this, and that's not gonna right. 
But you will think that the farm owners will be supportive of that, but we never got their support, not from the whole Well, industry. it means you're not a captive audience anymore. Exactly. Unfortunately, we yes. have to wrap this up, but I mm -hmm. want you to go back to um, just to let people know, again, it's milked org mm -hmm. O-R-G. And so people can llama? read 88 interviews with people like this being. And it's, it's a basic about a report. About this fight Yes, yeah, a report based on it. And it's all, and you learn a lot about the industry in New York, and you learn about the answers to, it was around 200 questions. Amazing. For all these workers, and Crispin was part of that, and, and 88, 87 other workers. Yeah. From different farms in upstate, with questions around how do you feel about working here, but also how do you feel in this community? How do you relate to this community? How do you feel they treat you? And so one of the things, and he mentioned it today, Crispino, este, cuando hablamos de, de cómo se sienten los trabajadores trabajando en un rancho y que se les preguntó, ¿crees que el patrón se preocupa más por ti o por las vacas? ¿no? Entonces, sí, eh, uh, los patrones... Uh explotan mucho a los trabajadores y tratan mejor a las vacas que a los So you're saying that they exploit the workers and they treat the cows better than they do the humans. That was one of the questions and yeah. and, and that has most continued. Of the workers, that yeah, persists we'll say that. to this day. Even though you are not working on the dairy farm anymore, you still have obviously friends and community there. So that so the the attitudes have not really changed. Well, we have improvements. We have improvements right. in health and safety because of the local emphasis programs. We now, starting in January, workers um, are gonna have not, not only the right to collectively bargain and be, be in unions and also also join organizations like ours, ours yeah. are membership-based, uh, but also because of legislation that passed uh, in June, they will have uh, overtime pay after 60 hours, which should be after 40, but it will be 60 as an improvement. Jesus. And the right to a day off yeah. before, if the employer didn't want to give you a day off, it was not against the law. So that's what we're saying. We organize outside of the law because the law is, is not a tool there. Right. Um, but now we're going to have all of that, and that's, that's a lot of improvement. Workers, Huge. immigrant, undocumented will be able to have access to driver licenses, yeah. which is freedom for a lot of Absolutely. them. And also then they'll be able to, to do whatever they want and not be a captive in the farm. Yeah. Um, so there's good things, and but the message here is this gets accomplished through collective action and through grassroots organizing. Right. And it takes a lot of work, and it's not work that is well-funded, well but it's work that happens thanks to... The, the partnership with other social justice organizations and the bravery of workers like Crispin That's right. and many, many others um, that that continue right now in the organization. So our organization, like I said, members base. So we represent the interest of, of, uh, of farm workers and we're very proud of that. And that's the only, just, this is what we tell workers and what we tell owners. It's like just, um, just as the farm owners have their organization that represented, then workers should have the right uh, to have organizations that represent them. And this is a model of organizing and, and uh, that that I think has always worked, but this this system does not support it, you know, never. <laughs> we are a very individualistic <laughs> society, capitalist, where it's like, 
you know, if you don't like it here, then go somewhere else. You yeah. know, that's the well, answer. We are, yeah. yeah, right, right. Well, Rebecca Fuentes and Cristina Hernandez, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. Fascinating story. I mean, I hope to stay in touch, please, mm -hmm. and keep me posted about right. further developments and what's going on. This yeah, is I mean, a really eye-opening experience. What we're doing right now is, is communicating with Giovanni yep. and putting them to task on that a lot of corporations like them or a lot of businesses like them and they are going the route of let's do a certification program you know right. and that's not always the answer it depends on the certification program there are some good ones like milk with dignity there are right. others in in vermont but there are others that are are not very well not very good and they only respond to you know that that uh, they have a lot of money and they can put money money on that certification program and it's just like a little uh you know sticker uh and people sure. can be it can be very deceiving and what we want to tell uh what we're telling Giovanni is that now in new york we have the the protected right to organize you should be very vocal and saying as a progressive company or as a company that care about yeah. social uh you know the, the community and all of this stuff um you should be very vocal and saying if workers organize in within the food chain of Chobani, we will not be on. Uh, we we will be supportive, and then, and if they're gonna put a certification program, how is that certification program gonna support workers when they right. want to organize right. into unions? So, well, keep us posted, and okay. thank you so much for your time today. Thank I really you. appreciate it. Great story. Really, really interesting discussion. Thank, thank you, you both. What Doesn't Kill You is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.